good morning, afternoon, or evening, and welcome to the Bloody Disgusting Network. The passage of time will now bring you to something strange, unique, and idiosyncratic. Have a good time. My friendship to all of you precludes my involvement with any one of you. But if you want to make love, then I do too, and I'll be right there behind you. listeners and welcome to the losers club a stephen king podcast i'm your host michael monroeville mall rothman and let's just say i've got two tickets to paradise one for me and one for my fellow co-host hey this is jen to the rage adams and i am ready to get out of town <laughs> yeah me too it's been a long time been yes. a very long time uh hashtag Aaliyah. it's a <laughs> old song I, I love but uh <laughs> speaking of music no shade to eddie money but i doubt he would dream of where we're going today do you know where we're going today did you look at your ticket i did look at my ticket and it says maine and i'm so excited yes yeah king might be there he might be there or let's 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 hope he's there because he, yeah. he could he, you know he could be in i think it's clearwater he, he lives in also yeah. but uh yeah mm-hmm. well either way we're going to King's Dominion, but we're not going to the KD that we find in the pages. We're going to the real deal because today we're going to be talking to James Tinker, whose family has brought constant readers from all over the world into the real King's Dominion with SK Tours of Maine. I don't know. I, I really love this chat that we had, mm-hmm. and, I, and I thought that what made this even more um, uh, essential to me was just hearing all the local stories that James mm-hmm. was able to share with us. What did you think, Jen? I yeah, it was so much fun. And to think like he talks about like growing up in essentially dairy. Yeah. You know, which was so cool to hear. Like, cause I just hadn't thought about like what it would be like to read a super scary book when the world that you're reading about is literally the world you live in, which is yeah. really cool. <laughs> I, I I was trying to think of anything that I can associate. And the only thing I could think of, and you'll hear it on the interview, is Miami Vice, just because I grew up in South Florida. So uh, <laughs> I guess I guess I should have, you know. Read a few more local writers uh, in South Florida <laughs> to get that same experience. But look, we got a lot of stories up ahead. Uh, some of them are funny. Some of them are heartfelt. Uh, some of them are even scary. So mm-hmm. uh, let's get to it. Constant listeners, buckle in your seatbelt. We're going to King's Dominion. Somewhere there's a pile of photos Sitting, growing older Changing faces, collecting dust, stare into the dark of story. Hey! Hi! How are you? Good. How are you Good. doing? Good. How are you? Oh, long day. Long, long day. day and pleasant nights, though? Hopefully, oh. this is a pleasant <laughs> yeah, night. Yeah, it'll be a got. pleasant night, but uh, <laughs> I just finished a tour. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. We're both incredibly jealous. Um, oh, I know. <laughs> My I, friend is in Maine right now, and I keep geeking out. Like, is Stephen King there? I'm like, oh, yeah. she gotta go. Well, it's it's torturous for us because you know we run socials, and every day, at least every day, um, if not multiple times a day, we get tags from this tour. Um, and, <laughs> and and I'm just like, I'm just like, oh my god, I'm, I need to go do this finally. How was today's tour? A good tour, good people. It didn't rain on us. I'm gonna be oh, giving tours in the rain tomorrow. Oh, oh no. wow. 
It's dedication. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, people plan, people plan months in advance to get up here. So mm-hmm. once they're here, they don't care. They give you storm of the century. <laughs> they're taking this tour. Oh, oh, you know, God. I would be the same way, honestly. I, seriously, I feel, and I feel like almost like the rain would um, we could add to some of the settings too, especially if you're like looking at like the storm drain or any of the the it influenced locations. They they probably add a, they embellish the effects a little bit or the atmosphere. Yeah. Um, but uh, well, that's great. I mean, has this summer been uh, pretty busy now that things are opening up? Or it's it's busy. Yeah. It started very slow. And, you know, the borders aren't open yet. So Canadians aren't down here yet. The Europeans aren't over here yet. But uh, it's been it's been busy. It's been steady. Uh, I've, I'm turning people away every day. There's no oh, wow. Time. Oh, really? That's amazing. That's amazing. Well, in, in 2019, my father and I were doing tours. Mm-hmm. And we were doing like 35 people a day. Jesus. We were doing oh, wow. Like three, four tours a day. We were killing it. So in January 2020... We bought a new bus, a bigger bus. Yeah. And we know how that went. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. It's so, it's, yeah. it's, it's wild how that all happened for multiple industries. Um, yeah. I remember going into 2020, we're all like, all right, this is the year. We're going to hit up every <laughs> festival. We're going to maybe yeah. start our own festival. We're going to do all this. And then two months in, we're like, eh, I don't know if this is going to happen. You can just literally hear the record scratch uh, mm-hmm. behind us. Yeah. Um, well, let, let's go back to the beginning because I, I think, uh, you know, every story has a beginning. Every story, mm-hmm. every person has an origin. So how did SK Tours come together? My father used to have a bookstore in Bangor called Bet's Bookstore. Mm-hmm. And Bet's Bookstore was the first store, the first store Stephen King ever signed a book in. Wow. His first book signing for Carrie in 1974 was at Betts Bookstore in downtown Bangor. My dad was at that sign, and he didn't want to waste six bucks. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Just like, yeah, cool. Local resident with a book. Right, yeah. Yeah. And uh, later in 1991, my father bought that store. And then he Mm. became, and there was no Stephen King collectible shop in Bangor. There There was nothing. There, there mm-hmm. still really is very little of people trying to like cash in on the fact that Steve lives here, but mm-hmm. he, he's a huge fan and mm-hmm. everyone coming in the store had, they wanted Stephen King books, but every other bookstore in Bangor just had the current bestseller. So my dad started making sure he had every single Stephen King book on the shelf. Smart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Smart. And then, then Barnes and Noble came to town. That was, the- that was bad news. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, yeah, yeah. but I, yeah. I imagine they probably didn't have the depth, though. You know, like they were probably like, oh, we've, you know, we've got Gerald's Game and Dolores, you know, Dolores Claiborne and Shining, mm-hmm. <laughs> and whatever the tie, the current tie in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Over, you know, after, after, you know, for ten years, he had a two-story bookstore. First story was new, second story was used, and he was doing it. But after a while, specifically when. You know, the the Barnes and Noble and then the Sam's Club and the Walmart and all these, you know, discount big box sellers. My dad realized that people want Stephen King books. Mm-hmm. So it went from being a, a, a two story bookstore to a one room, especially Stephen King shop. Oh, wow. Oh, and awesome. he became a Stephen King destination over the years. Mm. And and that's when how it really started. Then my dad sold the bookstore. Bet's bookstore was still available online. Mm-hmm. Not we don't own it anymore. Uh, a gentleman purchased it, and he runs it online as an online bookstore. And my dad took a couple of years off, and then my mother 
instead of saying, Stu, get off the couch, <laughs> she told him to start doing the tours. Because mm-hmm. he used to give this tour to large visiting groups that would come to, to Bangor to visit. The first group was called the Schemers, the Stephen mm. King emailers. That's old. That's some OG stuff right there. Seriously. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and they would come up and my dad would give them large, uh, like get a big, big bus and give them a tour of Bangor. And then he kind of developed a tour of Bangor. And then after we sold the store, my dad started up the door business about mm-hmm. 10 years ago. From the sounds of it, your dad's a hell of a businessman. <laughs> he knows <laughs> right. what the yeah. demand is and he knows how uh-huh. to supply it, which is great. So was he a fan of Stephen King go, uh, You know, after the signing at that point? Where he's like, all right, I'm going to come around. I'm oh, going oh, in. Yeah. I'm all in. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's, he's been a fan. You know, Stephen King did two book signings for Beck's Bookstore. Mm. Oh, wow. He did one for uh, Bag of Bones because that opens in Dairy, and then, mm-hmm. and also he just did a general signing, and uh, man, he put us on the map. Yeah, <laughs> put us on the map. You know, but mm-hmm. when my dad started SK Tours, he thought he was just gonna do a couple tours a week, make a little scratch money to you know fund his car hobby. He didn't understand what was gonna happen, <laughs> and you know, by 2016, 15. He was he was working himself right to the ground. Yeah, I was in the I was in the Navy for twenty five years. Oh, wow! And I retired and came home to help. And then, at, when COVID hit, he retired. <laughs> so now Smart. it's 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 just me. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. And now and now I'm working myself to the ground. Oh. <laughs> now, I, oh. It, it'll be okay. Um, next season will be, will be better. Yeah. I was I was supposed to take over in three years. Mm. But if, if you're in Maine and you're in tourism, you work. Yeah. And, yeah. And, until the snow flies and then you can't. <laughs> yeah. So you know, when COVID hit town, the state shut down, everything shut down. And for the first time in a decade, my dad had time off in the summer. And that was it. You yeah. know, I, I was gonna take over in three years, but when I said, Dad, we got we got tours to do, the phones ring it. There's people from New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut come up without a, a quarantine. Mm-hmm. They started calling. I'm like, Dad, let's get back to work. And he went, eh. <laughs> it is business. Yeah. So instead of taking over in three years, I took over about three weeks. Oh, Lord. oh wow. And, uh, and, and I've just been, uh, I, I wasn't ready. He said he was going to do a couple tours a week for me this year to help me out. Then he bought an RV. Oh. <laughs> It's just, it's just a, it's a comedy act at this point where right. he's just like, well, but you know, he, he's created something amazing, mm-hmm. he created something amazing with Bet's bookstore. Mm-hmm. And then he created something amazing with SK tours. Yeah. And I would love to, you know, work with him, but he needs to go have his adventure. It's his turn. Yeah. And- is he, is he joining the true knot uh, with the RV? <laughs> I'm say. hoping that's not the, 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 the next career pivot yeah. for him, but uh, right. keep a watch on him. Keep a watch yeah. on him for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but he's having a great time. He's doing the stuff he always wanted to do. I think, I think COVID and then me taking over the business, let him know it's okay. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Mm-hmm. He can relax. It'll, it'll be fine. And, yeah. and he and my mother, my mother used to answer the phones and he and I would do tours and now they're both retired and they're going to go, you know, have the adventure and probably oh. not do another main winter. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's the MO, even with King. He's like, right. I'm good. I'm, I've had enough ice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, tell us about your own King origin story. Um, have you always been a fan? What was the first book that you read? 
Uh, the first book I read was The Eyes of the Dragon. Wow. Oh, wow. It's a great yes. gateway book. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. Because Steve wrote that for Naomi, his daughter. Mm -hmm. She didn't like horror. He wanted to have a book of her father's that she could read, so he wrote her one. And when that was later published for the rest of the world, that was the first Stephen King book my father let me read. And then I You're... got to the, then I did The Talisman. Oh, nice. And then yeah. the, see, and then right, and I hit The Shining, and down I went mm -hmm. right down the rabbit hole. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like The Shining's kind of a tipping point for a lot yeah, of people. It, totally. It, it got me. It got yeah. me. And I've recently just, I'm rereading every book in order now. Oh, wow. Uh, except Jen for the Dark Tower series, that will be last. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I reread The Shining a while ago for the first time as an adult. It hits differently, doesn't it? it Absolutely. Really does. Entirely different. And now that I do this for a living, uh, every time I read a book, I think, oh, I got to put that in the tour. <laughs> I got to talk about this. I want to talk about this. Yeah. I, have you kind of adapted the tour basically because the thing that's wonderful about king is he's still putting books out you know so how has the tour kind of adapted over time uh well it's it's interesting because steve is different to my father and my mother and to me we're all we all have our own king story or origin story or our own favorites so i couldn't just start giving my father's tour i just start writing all of my own tours so that i could give something Giving my father's tour is not fair to anybody. I, I need to have my own my own version, my own uh, king tour. My mother's and my father's and mine were all different. So I had to do the research. I had to read the books myself. I had to, I had to develop my own route, my own tour, something mm -hmm. uncomfortable. And, you know, everyone in Bangor is two degrees of Stephen King. <laughs> it sounds They've like either it, met yeah. him or mm -hmm. they, they know someone who has met him. So we all have different Stephen King stories. And and my Stephen King story is different than my father's in like the times I've seen him, the, when I've met him, how his books influenced me living in, in Derry. Uh, and I get to talk a little bit about my father's story with Stephen King, which he never really talked about. It's a, it's a completely different tour every, not completely different, but it's a, I'd say every three years the tour is overhauled in some way. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, you have to keep it fresh. Whoever's giving the tour, you could just tell sometimes that they've done it a lot, you know, and yeah. that, that there's a redundancy to it. So keeping it fresh, I think is really smart. And I wondered, mm -hmm. you know, living in Bangor, you know, what aspects of King's work did you connect with and how has that actually influenced some of these changes? You know, or, you know, are there aspects of the city that you see personally in his work that you're like, oh, I can go to that area and I can embellish mm -hmm. that yeah. and show maybe where that, that influence has come from? Absolutely. I am. Well, I grew up right here. Mm -hmm. And Hello. when the book, it was published. And then when I, when I read the book, it, it blew my mind and it scared the crap out of me. Oh yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, he, he showed me, he didn't show me like his imagination. He showed me my town. Mm -hmm. He showed me the where. He showed me where I walked. He showed me where I lived. I grew up next to the standpipe. <laughs> oh gosh! I still live next to the standpipe on the other side of it. Oh God! Wow. I uh, lived when I was a kid. The street I'm on was Jackson Street. Oh my gosh! I grew oh up. My God. I grew up on Jackson Street, living across the street from Summit Park. At the base of the standpipe. This is crazy. And that, <laughs> and that's just one scene, right? That's just. Were you just one. afraid to leave your house? Yeah, right. Uh, actually, do you have time for a long story? Oh, please go for it. Yes, go for it. Yeah. So one time, I, you know, once I got got into Steve, I started reading 
all the time. I was up mm-hmm. way late after my bedtime <laughs> every night reading the book. But one night I'm reading about Stanley in the book. It. He's a bird watcher. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh. he was sitting at a park bench in Summit Park, which is right across the street from my house. Oh, Lord. God. And looking <laughs> at the birds in the bird bath, which is right across the street from my house. And one day he looks up and he sees the door to the standpipe is open. Now, in the 50s, when that scene takes place, the standpipe was locked for 50 years. Mm-hmm. It locked in 1941. It didn't open again until 1991. Wow. That's so cool. so he looks up and he sees that door's open and it's not supposed to be. Mm-hmm. He ends up going inside and then dead things start slowly and creepily start coming down the stairs for Stanley. And my mother calls up, Jamie, it's time for bed. <laughs> yeah, not going to happen tonight. No, no, yeah. <laughs> you know, wow. Steve made me afraid of the dark at my own corner. Mm-hmm. I used wow. to, I walk my, I used to walk my dog every night past the standpipe at night. And after that book, I ran home past oh, this damn fight. Totally, 100%. I bet. You're giving yeah. me the chills it's, just talking about yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> and and that's a part of my tour that my father doesn't have mm-hmm. because his story is different. But uh, the the where the covered bridge used to be, there's still a walking bridge there. I know the canals. I Basically, every death that happened in Derry, I can walk to it. I can show you oh, where wow. it was. Uh, and I've read the book it three times, you know, twice with a map in my hand. I was going to oh ask gosh. if you did. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, yeah, I have to. Mm-hmm. The, the, yeah. first, the first time I'm just, you know, curious. The second time I have to do this uh, and, and do this right. So literally I've gone spot for, for spot on the map. The kid mm-hmm. was the, the, the school that was the kids school in the losers club was my school. That's so wild. I mean, I, I mean, because I'm from Miami, so growing up, it was like, cool, Miami Vice is down the street. But <laughs> so that's not scary. That's more like, cool, right. I hope I see Don Johnson. Yeah. The fact that you had Pennywise <laughs> in your backyard, yeah. that's, that's a totally different story. I know. A little that's different. nightmare fuel. That's yeah. a little different. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's one thing I love about Stephen King. It's he's such a personal writer that I feel like in the course of doing the podcast and just talking to so many constant readers, I feel like everybody kind of has a personal connection and a personal story in a way that they relate to Stephen King. Um, And so I love hearing about yours. What do you think is your favorite stop on the tour? It's the storm drain. Really? Yeah. Well, I I put a clown arm in it and I put a a Pennywise mask in it and Uh people, they pose next to it and people propose oh marriage next to it <laughs> oh i mean how do you say no you know <laughs> uh, yeah. oh uh, that's great that, that's my sp- it's 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 corny i don't mm. care i love it people love yeah. it they get to be yeah. there and they can they act like pennywise is tearing their arm off or pulling <laughs> their leg uh, i mean i would a thousand percent do that <laughs> oh yeah uh, every day i i would be yeah. out there like it's so much fun and oh my god! And, and the great part about this is, yeah, I I give the I give the tour, you know, twice a day, every day, but the, every audience is different. Everybody's yeah. favorite book, everyone's origin story, everyone's love of Stephen King actually influences the tour as we get to have conversations and as as we move through a lot of these stops. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and for a lot of these people, they've been waiting their whole life. Oh yeah to be at a spot that I couldn't wait to get away from when I was a teenager. <laughs> like, I got to get out of here. And they're like, we're on our way. 
And so when they when they get to have this experience, it, it makes it special for me too. I, I can yeah. only imagine the people who give tours at the Stanley. You know, so you it's can... another one of those pilgrimage kind of stops. It is, yeah. Mm-hmm. When and I'd love to go, but I'm not going to Colorado in February. <laughs> Oh, I know. It's the only time I get time off is February. That's, and that's probably, I, I have to imagine that's probably around the time that King went there when he was writing uh, mm-hmm. The Shining. Because I, I feel like that's got to be a dead zone for them. No pun intended. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I did want to ask, though, you know, you were talking about the, you know, the tour growers. What would you say is like the split between like the diehard constant readers and, you know, like not the passerbys, but just, you know, tourists coming in through Bangor? Mm. There are a lot of constant readers mm-hmm. and their supportive families. I mean, one constant reader will show up and the rest of the family is with them for the tour. Mm. Yeah, that would be my family. <laughs> yeah. And and I try to get in as much Bangor history and Steve's charitable works. I don't want someone who doesn't read the books to be bored. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's, there's a lot of there's a new trend of people that are showing up for the tour who have only seen movies. Really? Yeah, yeah I noticed a, that on some of That's an interesting trend. But luckily, there are so many movies. You you can still have a lot of the experience. That, but that's a new trend. Now, there was a time when I'd get a lot of casual kind of looky lose like we're in bank where we don't know what to do. You know, maybe I'll take a tour. Mm-hmm. I'm not a Stephen King fan, but I got nothing else to do. Let's take a tour. Mm-hmm. Those days are kind of gone. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm booked a month in advance. Wow. Oh, wow. Or two months great. in advance. Yeah. So wow. when if someone wakes up on Thursday and sees a rack card in their hotel, I'm like, oh, I think I'll go take the tour. It, it pains me to say no to them, but I, I just don't have room. Uh, yeah. The people who are taking this tour are the people who plan two months in advance. <laughs> and, and those people, they're here to party. <laughs> they're here. They have questions. They're here to have a good time. So, so I, I don't get a lot of the, I'm not a fan, but I'm here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I used to, but I don't get those anymore. Now, with, with so few seats available until I can get some help, uh, the only people that are showing up are pretty into it. And this year, I started private tours, which my father oh, saw. Wow. Yeah. My father never really offered private tours as a thing. And the private tours, those, are the, those, are, those aren't constant readers. Those are serious fans. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like those are Annie Wilkes fans. kind of fans. I was gonna say, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. they are. Uh, but like, uh, uh, I think you you did a podcast with Julia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she did a private tour with me once. She's up here oh, filming wow. right now. She is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very exciting. Right I can't wait to see what she does. There's another guy. I just did a private tour. A guy named uh, Max. He has just got a contract today for a dollar baby. Oh. oh wow. uh, and a lot of people, a lot of people, they they come up here when when they want the private tours. Either they just don't want to be around everyone else, or they want my undivided attention. Mm-hmm. And, and those are those are a good time. I think of it almost kind of like the the public Q and A when you see a really great film, and like an early on too. Like we, I live near the Music Box here in Chicago, and we get a lot of early films sometimes. And a lot of times it's, you know, public that, you know, is just interested. They're like, okay, cool, free event. I'll come in. 
and they have the Q and A at the end, and we've had some really embarrassing questions. And I yeah. know, from in my own mind, I'd be like, "Oh God, I wish you were just here with super fans, like, or with you know <laughs> yeah. folks that could actually you know answer, ask some questions instead of like you know Cubs or White Sox to Wes Anderson." <laughs> Very strange. So I imagine it's almost kind of the same mentality with the private tour. You're like, "Well, I, I want not only a personalized experience, but to really get into the nitty gritty." Mm-hmm. And, you know, without having to yeah. kind of get in line for it. <laughs> the, the, mm-hmm. the private tour, I can only put five people in that vehicle and I can go different places. Getting in and out of it is easier because I'm not moving too many. My regular tour is 14 people. And wow. that's a pretty good. That's, that's, more a good of a, mm-hmm. that's more of a presentation than, you know, getting to have a personal interaction. Mm-hmm. I love both. Uh, some people... Mm-hmm don't want to spend the money for the private tour and i'm glad i keep the regular tour pretty affordable mm-hmm. uh, i don't need to raise the price I, I want people to get in and, and enjoy the tour mm-hmm. but for the private tour that that's a chance where we can we can talk more about the personal story in the mm-hmm. in the regular tour they're just listening and watching and driving they're not yeah. mm-hmm. they're not getting a lot of question and answer because that vehicle is harder considerably harder to drive mm-hmm What's the most obscure question you've ever been asked? Wow. Or, or have, that, have you ever that might have been, been stumped? <laughs> um, oh, sorry. <laughs> no. Uh, one time, a part of it is that I won't answer a question if I haven't personally found the answer. Uh, so it's not that I get obscure questions. I get questions, and then I have to go do research. Mm. And I write the questions down. Uh, one time I got the question, was the music video for the Ramones Pet Cemetery filmed in Mount Hope Cemetery. And I don't know. I don't either. <laughs> it's, it doesn't not. It was filmed yeah. with it was a, in a garden cemetery in New York. But I couldn't answer the question mm-hmm. until I went, I watched it, figured out it wasn't my cemetery, and then I had to go find the right cemetery. Another time someone asked, is there a secret passage underground between Steve's house and the guest house? <laughs> and the answer is no. But I had Unless that's what he wants you to think. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I get a lot of questions because I say a thing and then there's a question and then there's five more questions. Because mm-hmm. once, once you pick at that scab, you just want to know all about the thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so every now and then, one time someone asked about if Steve was afraid of frogs. Mm. What? That's so maybe, funny. Maybe uh, they've read rainy season recently. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. true. And... Uh, <laughs> Or Duma Key. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, and but and at his house, there's a statue of a frog, mm. at on his property, and it's wow. as far away from his house as it could be, and from his house you can't you can't see that frog, it's behind a bush. <laughs> so I don't know if Steve is afraid of frogs. That's probably <laughs> the only question that I haven't been able to, like someone asked once if Steve has a has a, a plot picked out for himself in Mount Hope Cemetery. Oh, wow. Oh, what a morbid wow. question. But, but I know. It's a fair question, though, because yeah. that's, that's the most iconic. I mean, that is the, the yeah. cemetery, right? So mm-hmm. in terms of the frog thing, though, we will start a campaign that will ask. <laughs> Starting with this yeah. episode when we promo it, we'll just be asking, you know, like, we kind of want to know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes or no on the frogs there, Stephen. Yeah. Uh, what's going on? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, and as I as I do this, as I read more books or reread books as an adult or get the questions or, or like when some, when we get, can get Canadians down again, that's great because a lot of them come down after they've been in the filming of chapters mm-hmm. one and two of it. And see, 
I learn from them. I get, I have questions for them. <laughs> you know, I love it. And, and like when, when you guys come and take the tour, I'll learn something from you. You'll learn something from me. And that makes my tour richer over the years as I keep spending all this time with people. Like, you know, Julia doing that dollar baby. She's mm-hmm. in Steve's dorm room. I can't believe it. Yeah. It's, you know, and, <laughs> and her story of that, uh, you know, how am I not going to get something out of that that's fun? I get to be part of this wonderful thing where we all get to just have a good time and find something that we can all talk about. Yeah. And, and honestly, it makes it going to work so much better in a way that a lot of, I would say most Americans don't get to do in mm. the sense that, <laughs> all right, I'm, gonna, I'm looking forward to not only because I'm, I'm doing what I'm loving, which is, you know, already you cut out in the majority of this country uh, <laughs> with, 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 with regards to their work, but then you get to kind of, it, it's, uh, it's nurturing. You know, mm-hmm. you, you are learning. And I, I, I never really thought of it that way. I love it's, that. I, I love that quid pro quo. It's, mm-hmm. it's totally affirming. Like when I was in the military, we're primarily not having a good time. It's not a fun profession. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everyone comes here to have fun. And mm-hmm. when I was, when I first got my start in the Navy, I was a guy with a needle in my hand. No one's ever happy to see that guy. No. <laughs> Everybody's happy to see me now. And then when I was in military leadership, no one would listen to me. And now everyone listens to everything I have to say. Oh, yeah. Aww. They want to know your stories. And they want to know all about it. And yeah. I don't think I'll ever stop learning, mm-hmm. ever stop noticing, ever stop connecting dots. Mm-hmm. And the more I read, the more dots I connect. I can't fit them into the tour, but, you know, the, the dots are connecting anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's so he like as a writer, he just absorbs everything around him. And I feel like it like we'll be reading something and I'll notice, well, that kind of reminds me of this. And that kind of reminds me of that. And there's just so much like there's such a large body of evidence that you can start to see the patterns over time, which is what I think makes people so excited to go see all of the places that they've read about, which is why I'm dying to get up there. I imagine that the um, the the picture I tend to see the most on social media is in front of the gates of his house, and I imagine that would be the most popular spot. Is that true, or is that, uh, or is there another one that really gets a uh, rise out of people? I know you said the sewer grate. Steve's house is where the where the tears happen. I, I mean, yeah. I would probably cry. Yeah, I would definitely. <laughs> it, it is fantastic. You know, I walked past his house to go to school every day. Oh, wow. I turned left at the three-headed dragon to go down to Fist Street, where Joe and I both went to school. So you're behind Joe. He and I never interacted or anything. But walking to school was you turn left at the three-headed dragon and go down Cedar Street and go to Fist Street. I walked past his house every day as a kid. Mm -hmm. To me, it's not some magical thing. But for everyone else, they... They, they put a lot of time and effort just to get up here to do it. And mm-hmm. it takes a lot of planning for some people. And I, people spend more time, energy, and money to get to the tour than the tour. Yeah. This is yeah. a big undertaking for a lot of people. And it, I imagine, there's as you're saying, there's such an emotional release when you get there. I, I want to jump on something you just said where, you know, growing up. And I have a couple questions on that end because, you know, for me in South Florida, we had Floyd Hall, which is where everyone played T-ball at. And so in our neighborhood, <laughs> we had the owner of that baseball stadium. And it was, oh, there's the man, there's the big mansion, Floyd Hall. That's He owns the baseball stadium. How cool. 
and in hindsight now, 30 years later, I'm like, okay, it wasn't a big deal. But you have one of the biggest <laughs> novelists of all time, probably since Charles Dickens, that's right down the street. I mean, it had to have been kind of like the, the haunted house in, uh, that you read in his books that, that are down the street, you know, like Nybalt Street or something like that. I mean, it, was it almost like Wonka, you know, where, you know, he, that's the house right there. Is he going to come out? Or was it kind of just like no. you're saying, eh, not a big deal? Well, my first, my first memory of Steve was his morning walks. He was always mm, yeah. out. He's always out there. He was out on his normal daily walk on one of our tours the other day. I was with um, Sebastian Cruz. He's doing uh, a documentary called King on Screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we were driving around Bangor because he's thinking about doing an introduction in Bangor or in Maine mm-hmm. somewhere and filming here. So we did the tour. We're walking around and we stopped at Steve's house. And while we're driving, we're, we're walking back to the tour van. Steve walks right past us. Hey guys, how you doing? Hey Steve, welcome <laughs> back. Nice to see you. Nice to be back. Walks right past us, goes right into the house. Oh my God. He's, I would lose my mind. There was never a spot where you're like, oh, it's creepy, creepy Stephen King. You'd see him at mm-hmm. the movie theaters all the time. Uh, mm-hmm. But between uh, the end of the baseball season and the and the start of the next camp, he would not shave. So you'd see him big, <laughs> old, bearded. Uh, you see him in the movie theaters, you see him in Rite Aid, you see him at the grocery mm-hmm. store. There was never a spot where he was this, you know, otherworldly thing. Mm-hmm. I will say that trick-or-treating at his house was awesome. I was going to really? say, because he, he was on Conan, he said he hated it because everyone would go to his house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, when I was a kid, it was just us lo- local kids. Mm-hmm. And I only went once because it really was too long of a wait. Oh, wow. I only, okay, went, so I only went one time. And uh, but later schools would bus kids in in costumes, school field oh, trips. Wow. And and one year six thousand people showed up. Jeez, no wonder oh, he hates that holiday. And then, and, then, and then he put it in the front page news, a little corner, front page corner of Bangor Daily News. My house is closed for Halloween. <laughs> and everyone on that street went, "Oh, thank goodness, finally." <laughs> He's like, come through like locusts. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, oh. God, that must have been awesome, though. I, I, I got to look and Google some photos and see if there's some, some out there for that, because that would just be such a sight. Because I'm yeah. imagining, I mean, when I think of fall, you know, obviously I think of like Connecticut and, you know, anywhere in New England. But yeah, Maine is just, I'm from, again, from South Florida. I don't get really any holidays. I, I yeah. get the, mm-hmm. the, the 80 degree heat, 75 if we're lucky, then everyone wears jackets. But for me, you know, and especially moving up to Chicago now where I'm at, I'm like, wow, all right, four seasons, different seasons uh, to, to stay on, on theme. <laughs> I, I can only imagine the Halloween season in Maine and especially being near his house. That's heaven. Like that, that is heaven. Yeah. Like I can't mm-hmm. think of a, a more perfect site. As long as it's not snowing. Mm, yeah, there's. Yeah. And I've learned yeah. that. It's, Halloween is beautiful as long as there's still leaves on the ground and not snow on the ground. Yeah, trick or treating in a foot of snow is not as appealing <laughs> when you're, you know, seven. Mm-hmm. No, no. We. Yeah. It's funny. One of the last Halloweens that we had was pre-pandemic, was in 2019, and we had actually been able to see Doctor Sleep the night before. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, at the time, I was writing film reviews, and I, I remember in Chicago, it just really just snowed like crazy on Halloween because they did a, a limited engagement um, for that Halloween weekend, and I just remember thinking like. Oh yeah, this is this is on brand for what I'm writing about, you know, given the overlook and everything. 
But man, is it a bummer when Halloween is getting snowed upon. That's not something yeah. I really, you know, was familiar with growing up. And yeah. uh, so, yeah, it is kind of a bummer. It kind of washes away the holiday. Yeah. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you said that you had met him. Um, and so I'm wondering, what is his relationship with SK Tours? And did he give you any insights? Or can you tell us a little bit about meeting him? The first time I ever met Steve was at a book signing for Eyes of the Dragon at Bangalore mm. Mall. Uh, and right after that, he quit book signings. Mm. Really? It was a terrible signing. He was just, they put him at a table, they walked away, and he he just got abused. Like, yeah. I'm a teenage kid. And as a teenage kid, I'm like, this poor guy. I mean, he's, he's popping aspirin between signatures. <laughs> there was no control of the process. And after that, he's like, I'm done, I'm out. And then I've just seen him here and there. But well, my you know, my dad created something amazing. I was gone the whole time. Yeah, and there's sure. no time she's been like, hey, let me tell you something. That doesn't happen. There's nothing would make me happier than taking Steve on the tour. Right. And just yeah. going for a drive. But but well, it'd be a shame if he goes, that's not true. That's not, <laughs> that's not true. That's, I, I don't think that would happen. Uh, I do right. a lot of research to try to not be not be wrong. But mm -hmm. there's the, the closest I've come to other than like, hey, Steve, how you doing? Or him walking past us and waving uh, is earlier, maybe two months ago, the King Foundation sent us uh, sent us a thing saying there's a, a terminal child coming up mm. to Bangor. And that that child's going to do an interview here at the, at the uh, TV station. Wouldn't it be great if you gave them a tour? And the answer was yes. The minute I could walk off schedule, I actually pulled my dad out of retirement to do that. Oh, oh wow. wow. <laughs> that one. But whatever agreement between my father and Steve happened, uh, I'm not privy to it. But he sees me basically every day he's in Bangor. He sees me and he's yet he said, you know, get off my lawn, kid. <laughs> he's never said that. Uh, one time I was uh, I was I was given a tour and everyone was looking over at the guest house. And if, if you've never been to Steve's house, there's the gate that you all see in the pictures. Mm -hmm. And then about, you know, 50, maybe 100 feet down, 30, 30 40 yards down is the driveway. Mm -hmm. And beyond the driveway is the guest house. And I was at the Steve's front gate and there was a little kid playing with his camera. And I saw Steve coming and I said, hey, kid, let me see your camera. And he had the mask on. He was had a, he had a little uh, a mask on. He was walking and I, I distracted the kid steve walked right past me waved at me didn't say anything i didn't even acknowledge him and he walks in and walks right behind that entire group looking at the guest house <laughs> none of them knew it stephen king had just stuck in right behind him oh, oh my, my god because i wasn't going like hi steve <laughs> <laughs> right exactly walked, right uh, yeah i i want it to be a, a chance where we get to do this thing and i don't want to obviously offend steve Mm -hmm. So I do the best I can to at least give at least give him the space that I can. Yeah, I'm from Nashville. And so country music, like there's a lot of country music um, mm -hmm. artists down here. And it's kind of like an unspoken thing in the town that you like you just treat them like everybody else. You don't make a big deal out of it. And it's yeah. just kind of I think that's why a lot of people come here and like to live around here. So is that kind of how it is with Stephen King and Banger? Is it kind of like you just treat them like regular people? It, it really is. It really yeah. is. My when uh, Julia came up for for dinner one time, we were we're having dinner at the Oriental Jade. Oh wow! Oh god! Yeah, <laughs> and 
my mother put Were the egg rolls okay? Yeah, right. Fortune cookies. Yeah, but my mother put it this way. We do everything we can to pay no attention to Stephen King. <laughs> mm. The only way to do that is pay, to pay very close attention to Stephen King. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if that makes sense. Yes. Oh, hundred yep, percent. It totally does. Yeah. yeah. Be, yeah. If you if you if you're aware of him, you can give him space. But you know, we have a waterfront concert venue downtown. On the waterfront, holds more people than there are in Bangor. Mm-hmm. And every now and then, he'll just show up oh. in general population. Because he loves rock music. He loves yeah. rock music. He loves just it. Yeah. And, and he'll it. just, he'll be out there with everybody else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we leave him alone. I, I like to imagine him in the crowd or like the a mosh pit for a, a band coming in. <laughs> You know, you're sitting there and just like, all right, this band freaking rules. And then you look over and he's right there and he's like, you know, pushing everybody around. And, you know, I love it. <laughs> well, you you had mentioned, you know, the Stephen and Tabitha King Foundation. And I wanted to digress a little bit on them just because they, they feel so integral to Bangor and how they mm-hmm. sh- helped shape the city over the years. Oh, that uh, that that's a long list. OK, yeah, sorry. <laughs> it's a long list. Oh, no, it's uh, it's good. They've invested a lot of money in our hospital. Northern Lights Eastern Maine Medical Center is the largest hospital in Northern Maine. Mm-hmm. Basically, there's Portland down south, there's Augusta, the capital, there's Bangor, and then there's Woods for three hours. That hospital gives most of the northern half of the state its specialty care. And that northern half of the state is what you would call the rural poor. They don't have a lot of resources. The the thing I know Steve, Stephen and Tabitha King Foundation most clearly is has done is rebuilt a children's wing and brought the Ronald McDonald House to Bangor. The first Ronald McDonald House in Wow. That's awesome. They saved the Bangor Public Library and they put an addition on it. They built the Sean T. Mansfield Baseball Stadium. They built the Beth Pankow Aquatic Facility. They they have saved, I think, more libraries than most of us have ever been in. Not just in Maine, but down in Florida, too. Mm -hmm. Uh, They do things for schools, fire departments, police departments. There's, there's just no end. The, the problem with it uh, for me is that he won't talk about it. You know, his, his, what he's always said is that the, the left hand shouldn't know what the right hand is doing. And really, the only time you hear Steve talk about his chair. Hello, this is Jason, co-host of the All 80s Movies Podcast, with a message from Factor Meals. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factor's no-prep, no-mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer, thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you will always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you will always have new flavors to explore. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Head to factormeals.com slash 80smovies50 and use code 80smovies50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code 80smovies50 at factormeals.com slash 80smovies50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. It works is he'll be at a commencement speech and he'll say, I just gave the soup kitchen downtown $10,000. Try to match me on the way out. Love it. Other, other, other than that, he is so <laughs> tight-lipped and his name is on no charitable work he's ever done. So what I really want is to get into the Stephen and Tabitha King Foundation, and I have a list of questions. Yeah, right. Because <laughs> I I don't get to tell on the tour a third of what I know. 
but I don't even know half of them. They don't share it. They they do charity in secret. Yeah. And I have nothing but respect for them. But I want to know. <laughs> I, I want to uh-huh. know because I want to share these great things. I want to share those stories. Yeah. Because those mm-hmm. are powerful stories on this tour. It reminds me of, uh, there's a Kirby Enthusiasm episode in which Larry David donates like a wing, uh, donates money to a wing for an art museum and he puts his name up and then right next to him is someone named Anonymous. And everyone's <laughs> like, what a, what, what a hero. And he's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, I should have done that. So it looks like Steve, that's like Stephen King's MO is just to yeah. do Anonymous mm-hmm. everywhere. You know, I, one of the next projects I imagine is involving with the foundation is uh, turning the estate into a retreat for writers, which I take it that's in the process right now. Uh, or it, It's frustrating because of when, when Steve started talking about this, a lot of these magazines went out of their minds mm-hmm. and they started telling everyone that Steve's house is going to be a museum. Mm-hmm. And one magazine even said, Steve's house is going to be a museum. If you want to get into it now, call SK Tours. Oh my gosh! <laughs> oh, you must and, have been ringing. Well, wow. it took me. It took me about a year to get that thing changed, uh, and I won't name who it is. It's taken care of. <laughs> but I get, I get, I got a call today. Is this a Stephen King museum? Wow. Mag, a bunch of magazines have put out that Steve's house is going to be a museum. It's going to be open to the public, and that is never going to be the case. Mm-hmm. Now, one of his last things he ever put on Facebook before he left Facebook yeah. was that my house is not going to be a museum. It's going to be the home of the foundation and the archives. Smart. Not over to the public. The guest house, he said, will be a writer's retreat for five writers in residence to live Mm. there and write books. And I can't wait to find out how they're going to choose five. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I need I need to know right now. Yeah. I know. <laughs> that I, I can't I, imagine how many applications. Oh my gosh. It's that. it's just gonna be it's, the it's roof. gonna be one of those we broke the internet yesterday. It will absolutely. Thing, right. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I wanna know all about it. I need to know because mm-hmm. when that thing opens, I'm gonna be answering questions about it for the rest of my life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I was gonna ask like how is that gonna change the tour and yeah. the fact that he's doing this. Does this mean he's, you know, officially leaving Maine, or is he going to well, have another he, residence? He, he has a he has a lake house in Lovell, Maine, mm, that's true. which is yeah. down near Bridgeton. Bridgeton mm-hmm. is where the story of the mist takes place, mm-hmm. and Terrifying. Lovell's where he kind of got smacked around by a van. Uh, he spends more of his time in Maine. There, I don't mm-hmm. think there'll ever be a time where he's not a Maine resident, but I don't think I can put into terms the Grand Central Station, the front of his house is. And at some point, I mean, at 73, privacy would probably be cool. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? And and the fact that the house will still be there, the gate will still be there, the King Foundation will be there, the Writer's Street will be there. He's giving us, you know, more than, he's already given us more than we could ever ask for. But mm-hmm. I don't think he'll ever be absent. I don't think his influence will ever be absent from, from our town. Well, and you had mentioned kind of including some King current events on some of the tours. So, um, or some of his, the charitable works that you know about, is that kind of what you mean by that? Or what, no, what would I, be another example? Um, uh, he did, uh, that reading came out. Mm-hmm. Simon and Shuster did that little, uh, that little thing on Tuesday. Uh, mm-hmm. Applewaite's coming out August 22nd. Ah. Curtis Stephen King film adaptions going out. I talked mm-hmm. about The Stand, the new miniseries that just came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, there's a new book coming out and there's more books coming out so i try to find kind of current stuff specifically with film adaptions because mm-hmm. that's there's a lot more moving pieces in film adaptions than there are mm-hmm. books 
and, and that's where I could talk about a lot of the current events, uh, like what's mm -hmm. coming to HBO, what's coming to Hulu, what's not coming to Hulu. Uh, talking about those things, that that's where a lot of the the current events, like the Talisman, being made into a, a yeah. show from the Duffer Brothers, like that could be a half hour conversation. <laughs> oh, totally. Like, mm -hmm. like yeah. it gets to about two minutes, but it could be thirty. Well, you would, you know, speaking of adaptations, I mean, like, were you there when they were filming uh, Pet Cemetery in 89? Do you recall any of the filming that was going down in that? I remember that I was in high school and I know my English teacher was an extra. The, the stuff that happened at Mount Hope Cemetery, there weren't a lot of extras there. Mm. I mean, those are like kind of known. The rest of it was done not in Bangor. Mm -hmm. So we knew it was going on, but it didn't kind of affect us in Bangor since it was happening in a different different part of Maine. And then the the, the cemetery scenes from Mount Hope Cemetery, yeah. uh, there, there weren't a lot of extras in on that one. That was all mm -hmm. pretty much just cast actors. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I only asked just because our, our, a friend of the pod, a good friend of mine, um, John Campiano, he had directed it, the, the Unearthed and Untold documentary. And just watching it, I was like, they really did capture the spirit in that film, if only because the spirit of that area you know, is right there that they were using to, to create the film itself. I'm, I'm sorry, I meant the spirit of the book um, and the setting, just because it, it seems like the whole community really rallied behind it. And that um, was a great documentary. Yeah, right? I've, I loved it. I've seen, I've watched that thing like five times. Yeah. Uh, I've got it. I, I keep watching it. Uh, I thought that was a great documentary. Same. And a great communication of, you know, what it takes in a place that's not Hollywood or in this case, it, not Georgia or Hollywood, mm -hmm. uh, where where we don't do this a lot. Yeah. And the yeah. making of Pet Cemetery brought like one and a half million dollars into Maine, which is fantastic. But mm -hmm. a bunch of people who probably, you know, most likely never did anything like that again in their lives. But for mm -hmm. this little moment, man, they had to get it right. And I think that movie is fantastic. I do too. Mm -hmm. I think it, it, a few months ago I revisited it and it's always been one of my favorite adaptations just because I think Pet Cemetery is my favorite. That with the Dead Zone is probably my favorite books of his. But just watching that movie, you really do feel as if it is a Stephen King book. And not just because mm -hmm. he wrote the screenplay, but because of where it's set. It just felt like all the materials were right. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I wonder why like you don't have more adaptations that are set there and actually filmed in Maine. Because I, I feel like even yeah. with like Castle Rock, I think they filmed in like Massachusetts. I think they for that did. show. Yeah. The, the reason the reason for that is the uh, the legislation at the government level offers probably the worst set of tax incentives oh, of no. any state in America. <laughs> mm. Yeah. So all we do is indie stuff, and really? you know the the person who runs the main film film office, wonderful person, is actively trying to get that changed to invite more filmmakers in, but apparently. You only get one shot every two years. Mm -hmm. Either you make the list or you don't. Mm -hmm. And it's not a priority at the government level yet to mm -hmm. make a change to that. It's it's not that it's not that we're out of the way. We are. Uh, it's really all about the financial situation at the tax level and oh, of course. for, for main state government. And it mm -hmm. it's it's not invited. Which is a shame because think of the movies. Oh, I know. Just, yeah. <laughs> you know, right. like 50, 60 novels, yeah. you know, that they could lean mm. on. And you're like, hey, look, look mm. at all this IP that you could take, Hollywood. Mm. I know. Um, it's right there. Yeah. 
it uh, it would it, it's a shame but sooner or later i think it'll it'll happen but yeah. mm-hmm. i think everyone has other things they'd rather fight about yeah especially <laughs> nowadays i feel like but yeah. Uh, yeah well and so i imagine people are just coming from all over the country to try to take tours what to your knowledge what is the furthest somebody has ever traveled to take a tour i think the most interesting is we've had two families from siberia oh wow and i didn't think people lived in siberia (laughs) but we had two families from siberia not not connected like two separate times and they showed up in the winter like in december were they like who sure is hot here?" yeah they're like this is wonderful (laughs) i bet this is fantastic we've had australians people from new New zealand japan korea china south south africa uh we had from all over but the the siberia that was the one that kind of got my attention totally Uh yeah yeah well watching you know the steady stream of fans coming in i have to imagine you see a lot of the same titles maybe on their shirts or in their questions and we get to see online the economy of Stephen King of just knowing how many different titles, you know, people love in Lisey's story, people loving, you know, the eyes of the dragon, people loving, you know, Gerald's game or, you know, some of the coming in being like, well, actually is, you know, his best book is the girl loved Tom Gordon. We're like, Oh wow. Okay. <laughs> what's your argument? Um, yeah. But yeah. for you, while you see all this, the, the steady stream of what three books would you say you see the most that the people that are fans of? I got to say probably it, mm-hmm. the stand, and eleven twenty two sixty three. Yeah. Oh wow! wow. Oh, I the didn't dairy ex- connection. That, that's one of my favorites. Love eleven twenty two. On the on the tour, I tell people my four favorite books, and mm-hmm. when I mention that one, there's applause. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's such a great book. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pet Cemetery gets a lot of attention from a out. lot of the female fans. They talk about the Lord's Claiborne. There's a lot of talk about that book. I'm a big fan of that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Everyone's got one, but it, those are the those are the big ones. It, the stand, mm-hmm. uh, pet cemetery, and eleven twenty two sixty three are are kind of the ones that I hear more often than not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you had mentioned eleven twenty two being one of your favorites. What are your other three? Well, I've I've got it I've got it in categories. Actually. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I love I've got this. a favorite. I've got a favorite horror novel, mm-hmm. non horror okay. novel, audiobook. And Bachman book. Oh man, I love Ooh, that. Wow. I love that rubric. See, oh, I now, do too. Yeah. Now, but what I want, I want to add to that a favorite collection of stories. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, and I thought it was going to be Skeleton Crew, but I just finished Night Shift and oh, So perfect. So <laughs> I don't know 20 years from now when I'm done reading, I don't know which will be my favorite collection because there's so mm-hmm. many of them and they're so great. I, I thought, I thought Skeleton Crew was going to be the answer, but after reading Night Shift, Man, that got me. It's perfect. Yeah. It's so I, good. I don't know. I, don't, I, I might never get that last one. So my favorite horror novel is is It. Because that happened in Derry. It happened in Bangor. Makes and sense. And it yeah. literally changed my life. It it showed me, I guess, possibility. And it, it showed me, like, you know, how this happens. How mm-hmm. I'm standing right here. This is where Ben was standing. I'm seeing what Ben saw. And, it made me cry. <laughs> yeah, and and I'm like, oh, oh, this is creepy. Like, it wasn't <laughs> creepy before, but now, and so that that's my favorite horror novel. My favorite non-horror novel is Eleven Twenty Two Sixty. Yeah, yeah. That is, uh, that is just a spectacular piece of work. Mm-hmm. My favorite Bachman book is Thinner. 
I love oh, wow. Finner. I love Finner. Yeah. Now, a lot of people say that uh, The Long Walk is mm-hmm. their favorite Buffett book. And and I get that. But uh, Finner was the one, you know, you could have taken that book at the end and just smack me in the face with it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Great ending. Yeah. Uh, and and then my favorite audiobook is Stephen King's On Writing. Mm, it's I'm dying. so good. I'm dying to oh. listen to that. Yeah. yeah. It's And so for all of you out there who who don't know steve reads the audio of that book himself mm-hmm. and i've i've listened to every stephen king audio ever done oh really yeah that to I... me is my favorite because it's it's more relaxed to see yeah. talking about his own life and his own writing mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he is still reading words on a page but i think it has a different quality to it and i think, I, so. I think that i think that book is probably the best book on writing ever written but to, mm-hmm. to hear him do the audio uh, is a totally different experience. Yeah. I've listened to it about three times. I yeah. love it. <laughs> yeah. 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 I've, uh, I've actually, I've got to get a new copy. Mine broke in the, my last transfer. Oh, really? Oh, no. Retirement <laughs> coming home and all snapped up. I got to find another, another audio of that so I can hear it again. <laughs> we're, we're, I think we're covering that next year, Jens. I, I think I'm going to so, I'm, yeah. I'm gonna have to do the audio for that. It's um, really good. And that was the one that, you know, got Steve back in the saddle after he got yep. smacked by that van. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and I think part of that isn't just the how you're right, but that you can. Mm-hmm. It gives you permission to go for it and see if you have a spark of talent. And you mm-hmm. might find that you don't, but you're not going to know unless you, you really become serious about it. And it tells you what it takes to really try to do it. And, and I think that is very motivating. So it not only is it the nuts and bolts of how to do it, but not many books, I think, really provide you motivation to do it. Yeah. And it makes it feel accessible, too, because mm-hmm. I, I have got like started writing in the last couple of years and never had any kind of training on anything. And I read that and I was like, oh, I can do this. Yeah. You know, it's 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 just such a personal thing. Yeah. And for him to talk about like adverbs, but also like this is how I write every day. And then this is yeah. this is what you do when it's not going well. And it just mm-hmm. it's so it's so sweet. And the way it's bookended by like his own life. It's, yeah. Yeah. it's a phenomenal phenomenal book yeah well so we've asked about your favorite books but who would you say your favorite this is something we all kind of um discuss a little bit who would you say your favorite loser is of the losers club or which one would you identify most with i identify the most with mike hanlon oh yeah well that makes sense (laughs) you know i joined the navy at 17 years old to get as far away from this town as i possibly could (laughs) i couldn't get out of here fast enough I was ready to go and I never planned to come back when I left. Mm-hmm. I'm out of here. And Mike Hanlon is one that never left. And I wonder what my life would have been like had I not left. Mm-hmm. Now, I left. I was successful. Right. Everyone else left and they were successful. He kind of he stayed behind on the bottom. And I feel like my life would have been wouldn't have been a librarian, but my life wouldn't be the adventure I'm on now had I stayed behind. Mm-hmm. So he's the guy that I always relate to uh, just because I understand what he didn't get. I understand the opportunities. And there are people in Maine now who've never left Maine. I yeah. left. I've seen the world and I'm, I'm happy to be back because of it. But I can't imagine never leaving my hometown, never leaving yeah. my mm-hmm. home state. And a yeah. lot of people don't get the, the opportunity to do that. Well, speaking of leaving your hometown, <laughs> the last question I have, and this is uh, us getting a little fun uh, <laughs> with, with the tours. You know, you've read his works. 
you you've seen many of the places that inspired his works but you know as as he says there are other worlds than these and for you reading his work if you could go to any fictional town in king's dominion what would it be and what are a few of the stops you might go on wow that's from um, Jen, by the way. No, that was, sorry. <laughs> that is <laughs> Jen's <stumper>. question. <laughs> yeah. And I I, I I jumped on it, so I apologize, but yeah. I had to I did show Actually I'm I'm doing it in September. I'm going to Dexter, Maine, uh, which is a which is a fun little spot. Uh, and there are some spots in there associated with Stephen King. Hmm. But uh, you know where I'd really like to go? I want to go to the old Durham, Maine, mm-hmm. where the cult was that was the inspiration. For Jerusalem's Lot, the mm. short story. Just started reading that yesterday again. <laughs> so I even have a book about it, about wow. Fair, Clear, and Terrible, the story of Shiloh, about that old cult. And you wow. see this, this was the old compound. Interesting. This is a drawing of the old compound. Now, what you what you see is the Marston House. Oh my God! Oh, I, wow. How did we not pick up on this? I know. <laughs> yeah, uh, this is amazing. this is just absolutely wild. And uh, here's another picture of it inside. I'll get real close. This will be really awkward. That oh, was wow. the, that was the cult's commune. And look at this right here. So clearly, it was inspired by this. Was this something that, like, growing up in Maine, you had heard about? No, this... this is just stuff from getting home and digging into this. Wow! Remember, okay. I was gone for 25 years. Yeah. And in the military, you don't get to read a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I've always been a constant reader. But, like, I'm not going to get to read this stupid book till February. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, right? no. I don't uh... have time. And I want to know all about, because that story, Jerusalem's Lot, holy moly. I know. And that's Joe Chapelweight, Adrian Brody. I'm in, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to read this book. Right? Yeah. I want to see, uh, I, I want to know all about it. So I, I'm, I'm going to Dexter, and there's a spot in Dexter. If you look in the right spot, it is the cover of Needful Things. Oh, my gosh. That's wow. so cool. And uh, part of Graveyard Shift, rats in the basement of the old mill. The mill is in Dexter. In Creepshow 2, there's a Rennie's. That's in Dexter. Mm. Oh, wow. So I'm going to Dexter in September to take a little field trip. But <laughs> if, there's, if there's a thing I want to do, I want to know more about that cult. I, yeah. I want to know because how often do you get to hear like the real thing? Like, mm-hmm. like right. that really happened. Now, yeah. obviously mm-hmm. he grew up probably being exposed to the lore of it. Mm-hmm. Like, like I obviously never would be. So what existed? How did he, how did it tumble around in his head and then become, you know, a fantastic short story and then, you know, develop into something else. Yeah, that's, mm-hmm. that's something I want to look into and know more about that. You know, I, I sadly don't get a lot of time to do that kind of stuff until the dead of winter. You know, we relate. Um, <laughs> when, and beyond Stephen King, I have a stack of books that I'd love to get to. Mm-hmm. And since starting this podcast four and a half years ago, I have books that are have long <laughs> been through the discourse that people aren't yeah. talking about anymore. Then I'm like, all right, I'll get to it in, I don't know, 2025 yeah. or whatever. Um, right. <laughs> yeah, my favorite part of us doing this podcast, we uh, bifurcate a lot of the, the book episodes into different sections. And one of the sections we have is just the history. And I love trying to figure out where King was at men- you know, mentally and spiritually when he was writing these books. And, you know, there's not a lot out there, you know, for a lot of it, you know, a lot of it, you really kind of have to kind of 
contextualized based on where he mm-hmm. was maybe writing it or where he was, you know, what was going on politically. So, you know, that's what I love about, you know, just going into his works is that, you know, even just doing this interview right now and figuring out about Dexter, I mean, that just, you know, we didn't know that. I know. There's just so much, there's so (laughs) many roads and so many stories to still be told that I think is just like you were saying before, there's so many ways to refresh that tour because it's just, Mm -hmm. it's always going to keep going. You know, there's, yeah. Now here's a character I want to know about, you know, and Mm -hmm. asking the question, I'm going to tell you, what the heck happened to Father Callahan? Right. Mm-hmm. Like, why isn't that a thing? Like, there's a story there. Yeah. I want to know that. I want to know what happened to him. Yeah. I want to know all about it. Not to spoil too much on what's going to happen with Billy Summers, but he is dipping into a lot of his own King's Dominion and IP. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if he did, you know, maybe try to do something to kind of connect I, the bridge or, there. Or maybe he's already written it and it's in a drawer. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fingers crossed on that one. I don't want to be yeah, I know. or anything, but you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you so much. This has just been an absolute joy. I hope to, I, I want to get to Bangor soon. I, it's, we're supposed to go in 2020. Yeah. Same with the bus. Who knew? You know, <laughs> who knew? So I'm hoping no. that in the future we have our a Losers Club retreat where we can all yeah. go there and, you know, sit at the Jade. That'd be yeah. Great. Now here's my recommendation: plan at least two months in advance. Okay. Mm, okay, that's good uh, to know. Now yeah. I'm I'm increasing my seat capacity next year. I'm I'm trying to double the amount of private tours I can offer. I'm training a new driver, and I'm trying to increase the seat in my regular core vehicle. I'm trying to add as many seats as I can, as safely as I can. With my dad retired, uh, I'm I'm doing tours as fast as I can. Mm-hmm. But by and large. Yeah, I'm booked a month in advance at least. That's great, wow. though. And for you guys, you're going to want to take a billion pictures. Right? That's, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know That's, we're going to go crazy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and my private tours are booked a month and a half or two mm-hmm. months out. So I want you guys to come. I want everyone listening to come up. We're going to have a good time. Yeah. But you got to plan. you got to plan way in advance and, you know, find a concert at the concert venue you like so you can get mm-hmm. a concert and, and get the tour. Do something like that. And it can be a good time. But the people who drive up here, they looked at the website. They thought there were availabilities. They drive up here and now oh. they aren't. And, and I don't I don't like having to say no to people. Right? I just can't give I can't give quality tours fast enough. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I'm not going to shorten it or cheapen it. Uh, it's mm-hmm. going to be three solid hours. Oh. And it's, yeah. it's a long tour. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. great. It's a long tour, but it's not even enough time. So plan plan as far as you can in advance. Um, I'm already taking bookings for next year. We're going to look for yeah, next year just, for sure. Just, at this yeah. point. Look as far in advance as you can. And I, I'd love to have you guys up here. Maybe we could do a, do another thing while you're here. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah no, it would be so much fun. That I mean, awesome. who knows where we're going to be at in our, in our <laughs> long journey that we're doing, but mm-hmm. yeah, we'd love to have you on more often. This is, you're, you're just such a delight to talk to. I, 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 I can see why you've managed to make a successful business out of this because not only do you have a great voice, but you just have a wonderful candor and insight. So I, I, I this is an absolute joy. But no, definitely yeah. we'll book early. I, I wondered if this is Derry, do they have a hotel that he had that was that was maybe in mind where you know you know Bev and and everyone? You're talking about the Derry Townhouse. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. The Derry Townhouse was originally called the Bangor House. Mm. The Bangor House was the largest hotel north of Boston on the entire East Coast. Six presidents have stayed there that became the dairy townhouse the only place 
there was for anyone to stay. That was the only place to stay. And uh, now it's elderly housing, mm. but it's still there. Just like mm. the old, just like Freezes. The old Freezes store was the largest department store north of Boston on the entire East Coast. And uh, Freezes is still there, but it's also elderly housing. Oh, no. That's <laughs> yeah. You see the trend. You see the yeah. trend. Uh-huh. I'm just going to go buy a, a – I'm going to go rent an apartment uh, <laughs> at this point, you know, have my now, dad call up. There, yeah. there, is a, there is a hotel in Bangor called the Charles Inn. Uh, the Charleston used to be the Phoenix Inn, and that's where all Steve's friend would stay. Mm, mm-hmm. And then they now have two Stephen King themed rooms. Oh, very cool! Wow, a King room and a dairy room. Uh, unfortunately, there's a huge hubbub about that place right now. Uh, I'm not going to recommend or not recommend it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it. It wouldn't be fair, uh, really, for anyone to say any more that those rooms exist, and people should do the research if they want. I don't know if the current owners will own it much longer. Okay, now, they probably will. They'll probably survive the little. Uh, kerfuffle that's that's gone on about. Oh, no. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna aggressively or actively promote them. I'll just say that those rooms are those rooms exist mm-hmm. and they're well done. But it it's uh, uh that's something to look into also if you wanted to come and kind of dive into the King experience. They don't really have any connection to the Kings, but mm-hmm. they have two themed rooms and the dairy room is a lot of fun. Really? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and it keeps the theme alive. Well, we got a lot of planning ahead. I, yeah, I can't wait. I, know. I, I cannot wait. I am. I, I was already jonesing to go to Maine, mm-hmm. um, and I have. I have like an excuse. Like my cousin lives in Portland, so I should be going. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know what I'm doing, but <laughs> it's gonna happen, and we will definitely be in contact because this is. I would love to meet in person and talk because mm-hmm. this is. This has been just too much fun. So yes, this was so much fun. Thank you. Well, thank you so much, and we'll we'll have you on the pod soon. This is yeah. excellent. A joy. Good luck to the rest of the summer and for the fall, which I imagine is gonna be a wild season so yeah. <laughs> we'll talk soon right. thanks guys bye, bye. thank bye. you you tell me well i think it's settled i i think we got to celebrate our fifth anniversary in bangor maine what do you think jen Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. I yeah. would leave right now if possible. Oh, me too. I mean, yeah. it, when he said that you had to book advance, uh, that kind of really disappointed me because I was like, I know <laughs> I want to go right now. I um, know. Oh yeah. uh, God. Based on our discussion though, what would you say is a stop that you would be most excited to see? Um, probably I, I think the gates of yeah. his house, but I want to see the standpipe. It took me forever to figure out what a standpipe actually was. Same. And I just want to see what the real thing looks like. And it looks really cool and see if maybe the door is open. Yeah. I feel like when you look at, and look, like what I mentioned in the interview, like when we get tagged with all our constant listeners going, you know, to this tour, mm-hmm. I feel like the standpipe is at least like in the top three of the things that we, that, that people get to see. Cause it is so unique. Like not mm-hmm. every place. I mean, I guess every town probably has a standpipe of sorts, but I don't really ever see it. It's kind of just like, you know, on the outskirts or something like that. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I would like to see that. I'd, I'd probably freak out at seeing any <laughs> of the pet cemetery locations um, mm-hmm. and not like scared. I'd just be like losing my mind just because when I think of what a Stephen King story looks like, you know, as I mentioned in the interview, I think of pet cemetery and, and um, that mm-hmm. one, I, I especially feel like I would lose my mind in Mount Hope Cemetery. So yeah. Anyway, as James said, and as I just mentioned, if you want a tour, 
you got to book well, well, well in advance. And you can find all the necessary links in the description of this episode, or you can head to sk-tours.com. But uh, look, Jen, before we catch our flight and go our separate ways, <laughs> hashtag journey, <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's catch up uh, on where we're going to go next because uh, we got a lot of places we're going. Yep, lots so of places. where are you uh, going to be at with psychoanalysis this month? Um, well, psychoanalysis, we are doing parenting month. Um, so we're talking about um, not necessarily a mental illness or mental health thing, but just all of the different things that go along with being a parent. Um, and a lot of the things that make that hard and stressful. Um, so we're talking about bloodline and prevenge, but we also have comfort horror episodes on your next. And um, I know I, I, I was so movie. excited. I made a really weird noise after I said, <laughs> <that>. yeah. <laughs> well, it's crazy to think it's been 10 years since that movie came out. I, right. I know. Yes. Yeah. And it still holds up, man. Oh, totally. So totally. Good. Totally. And then, and we're going to be watching Event Horizon too, which I'm so excited about. I, I love that you're putting that as a comfort horror. It's because it's just, it's for me as a kid, and I, there's a piece somewhere on the internet about this, seeing Sam Neill, who was Dr. Grant to me as this psychopath in that is just, yeah, it's too, it was too yeah. much. It was too much. <laughs> I remember my friend like running, screaming out of the theater when we went to see it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, there was, it there was, was a part scary. of that, that I was doing that. And then there was also, I'm not going to spoil anything, but there is a fate for a character in that movie that is probably the most harrowing and heroic actually uh, feat in all of cinematic existence. Like when you really think mm -hmm. and break down what happens to that character, you're like, mm -hmm. Oh my God. What a fucking crazy sacrifice. But I've yeah. said too much. Yeah. I don't mean to spoil Event Horizon <laughs> for everyone out there. I love Event Horizon. I can't wait to listen to that episode. Uh, but look, we got a lot of stuff for you in August that's coming up. Uh, here in the Made Feed, you're going to be getting an unreal, really, really, really deep uh, episode. Three, uh, three hours worth on Stand By Me for the 35th anniversary. Uh, we recorded that last night with uh, singer-songwriter Dan Mangan. Uh, great episode. One of my favorites. I, I know I say that all the time and I kind of sound like, I don't know, a TV and evangelist, <laughs> but like that it's true. I, I will say without a doubt that it was one of my favorite episodes we've done. Uh, then we're going to be reviewing Epics's chapel weight, which you've seen. Already. I have, I'm about five episodes in at this wow, point. Wow. So they yeah. gave you that many episodes. Holy shit. Yeah. They gave me the whole season. Yeah. Oh my God. I, all right. I got to go back. I got to go and look at our screeners cause I'm, I'm dying to watch that. Cause we have our, yeah. We got a press day sometime next week, so I got to really start getting anticipated for that. Which, yes, you're going to be also getting some interviews from Chapel Wait as well. So <laughs> yeah, so you got that. And oh, it's what, good so far. Yeah, I'm really enjoying it. And yeah, Randall was saying it was scary too. So yeah, yeah, scary vampires. I mean, Ooh. not to spoil. Well, look, it's but, Salem's Lot, exactly. Jerusalem's Lot. <laughs> They're going to be vamps rocking around. Hopefully they're, yeah. you know, scarier than the ones. to spoil a 40-year-old novel. <laughs> yeah, you know? seriously. Oh, God. Uh, but those aren't the only interviews you're going to get because we also recorded an interview with Stand By Me screenwriters. Clearly, we're, we're fans of this movie. Uh, Bruce A. Evans and Reynold Gideon. Uh, we have a nice hour chat with him. And if you thought that we had some great stories on this episode, they bring some really, really great stories involving Stephen King in that one as well. Uh, and look... That's only half of all the coverage we're doing this <laughs> month. Because over on Patreon, we're also covering Billy Summers, Stephen King's new book, which is just excellent. Mm -hmm. uh, you could uh, read my review over at Bloody Disgusting, and your reviews uh, should be hitting uh, Rue Morgue soon, right? Or yep, yep, should be sweet. up at this point, yeah. Very exciting. Uh, and then we're also going to be doing, believe it or not, in the same year that Stand By Me came out, so did Maximum Overdrive. <laughs> like, Opposite so ends. 
exactly just yeah. total opposite ends <laughs> in the uh, best way <laughs> yeah really really so we're gonna be doing a commentary track on that i'm sure we'll crank up some acdc and then we are bringing back the archival bringing back it's recurring we're having the archival <laughs> series again this month and wouldn't you know stand by me theme so we're going to be keeping on theme this entire this entire month and we're yeah. going to be uh, talking about Gorilla Chance's stories, uh, Stud City, and uh, Lard S. Hogan. So, yeah. so more Jen, puke. Yay. <laughs> what is sleep? I don't really know anymore. <laughs> I know. I mean, oh my God. Yeah. It just kills like me. <laughs> I'm, I'm running on fumes right now. I'm, I'm running on maximum overdrive fumes. Like, you know, like. Right. Dee, dee. So, um, and I was, was just thinking I'm running like on the vampire, like no sleep. Yeah, yeah. Well, those, but that works for the vampires because they don't need sleep. So that's you right. Know, yeah. You know, if I yeah. could have one superpower, maybe it would be to not need sleep. I know that would be actually kind of great because then I could yeah. kind of float around the night. And I don't know. Because I, <laughs> I like the night, I don't like the day. Like I like Me the too. day. Sometimes. I thrive in darkness. I same, same. Well, look. As you can see, we are sleep deprived hosts. <laughs> we are. And slap happy. <laughs> I won't speak for both of us, but I know I crave one thing, and that is well, sleep. But also, <laughs> bright <laughs> red Pennywise clown noses. Yes, reviews. Please give us some reviews over at Apple Podcasts. We've gotten some uh, some little uh, mean spirited ones uh, lately. Some, some of them Henry that were Bowers like is some Henry good. Bowers have been you know co- uh, coming in and uh, getting a little upset uh, yeah, about things. Nice and, you know, it's fine. I, I get it. We, we we can take criticism. It's fine. But we also <laughs> love you know some praise sometimes. So if you if you got it in your heart to put it out there. Head on over. Give us some bright red Pennywise clown noses. Obviously, that's not what they are. They're, I think they're stars over there. But let's just imagine they're, you know, clown <laughs> noses. And leave us a review. We love to hear from you. And we promise not to bite. Uh, <laughs> so until next time, we will be seeing you over long days. And pleasant night. I got some hot friends. God, I got some hot friends. I got some hot friends. God, I got some hot You've made it to the end of another bloody disgusting podcast. Congratulations. If you like our programming, consider searching for other bloody disgusting podcasts, such as Creepy, Horror Queers, The Boo Crew, SCP Archives, Nightlight, Margaret's Garden, and more.